Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bankroll Burners, the poker podcast for players who can't stop getting it in bad. I'm Mike. And I'm Josh. And we are here, as always, to bring you some hands that we have played recently to talk through them in real time with each other and uh, talk about how badly we played and how we could have done better. And uh, maybe we'll learn something along the way. I mean, if it hasn't happened yet, uh, not sure when it will. <laughs> yeah, so how's I, I understand you, you've had a rough week, Josh. Yeah, I mean, I, I played a long session. I was out quite late, uh, you know, Friday night session. Table was pretty, pretty solid. Um, very swingy session. There were guys making weird pre-flop plays. Um, you know, I, I tried to play pretty aggressive pre-flop and people actually started playing back which doesn't happen a lot in these one three games um and so i i was forced to fold a couple you know there's like i put in a four bet over like a min three bet and then got jammed on for like 300 big blinds like it was a weird couple really weird spots that uh i found myself in and then wound up uh, just uh, at, at the end getting crushed by a couple coolers um so the downswing continues for me but feel 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 like i actually played quite well uh better than i have recently um, which isn't saying a whole lot, but you know, it's, uh, it's saying something. Well, you know what they say? It's not the money you win or lose. It's how you feel. So, well, that is, yeah, exactly. Who cares about cold, hard statistics when you could instead, uh, care about your feelings, you know? Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I, because you ran badly, I of course ran quite well this week. I did have the biggest win of my life and the largest pot of my life. I did win a $2,900 pot. So that was pretty interesting, but it was all pre-flop so it's not really it was just you know some coolery type situations i guess but what are you gonna do sometimes that's how you gotta get the money in good although from the descriptions you gave me i'm not convinced it was even a coolery situation yeah i don't know i really don't really know what the guy you know when when you have queens and the board runs out with a king and a jack and like possible straights and and just still lose and you win i guess he had tens i don't know but yeah so you know things like that so you know i'm uh I'm glad, super happy that you came away with a huge win. It's nice to, to build up, and you know I'm I'm just gonna keep at it and uh, keep keep playing aggressive, keep uh, keep making plays, and you know eventually uh, my queen I, I will have queens when my opponent doesn't have aces. Exactly, exactly. So. All right, but let's get into some interesting hands that don't involve preflop. All preflop. Um, I have uh, one from that uh, one from that session. Um, which I really thought after immediately after the end, I was like, "Oh my god, I, like what the heck?" You know. So this is this is a really interesting one. Um, so the villain in this hand, little background, is not very good. Um, he is a showdown. What 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 I've heard affectionately referred to as a showdown monkey. I check back like top two, you know, check back trips. Just absolutely wants to see showdowns, um, and he had been running super hot so he had quite a bit of cash in front of him he covered me is uh, he um is it when you say showdown monkey is he kind of also of the very like loose type of showdown monkey who thinks like oh i have like third pair I'm, i've got a call here and like see my opponent's cards or are more no just I, I didn't i didn't see get the feeling he was very call happy actually no i i don't think so i mean he was very passive pre-flop but you know, I didn't see him make any like hero calls or something. I didn't see him sure. like showing down a lot of trash hands or stuff like that. So okay, um, but he yeah, so he was up quite a bit. We are actually we're eight fifty effective in this hand, so he covers me, um, and we're six handed as well. And this so this is two five best bet orange park five hundred cap, um, and uh, basically, um, <laughs> so. The straddle had been on pretty intermittently in this game, like I would say maybe 30% of hands. Um, and, you know, in a six-handed game, of course, the hijack is second to act, or excuse me, is, um, is second to act, yeah. So uh, the low jack folds and the hijack makes it 10, which I was like, come on, man, but whatever. Uh, so the hijack, hijack makes it 10. Uh, no, re- that guy was, he's kind of like a very ABC sort of player. So no straddle on. That's what I'm no understanding. Straddle. So this is just straight two five. Yep. Uh, low jack folds, hijack makes a ten. Uh, the button calls, uh, who is the uh, the main villain in this hand, uh, who we are eight fifty effective with, and then also the small blind calls. Okay. So we currently have three players in front of us, and I'm in the big blind. I have five six. 
of diamonds and I make it $50. Okay. Um, I think you can definitely go either way here. You know, I think calling and seeing, this is a fine hand and the big blind to call. Like, you don't need to call. I mean, you're basically getting a million to one, so it can't be Yeah, bad. I would never, ever fold this, obviously. To a but people are also definitely showing a lot of weakness with, like, a min open and two flats, so I probably can't go wrong trying to take down some dead money. Yeah, I mean, I actually think I probably... There's a reasonable case to be made that I should have just called because of the way the table I've been playing with. It was so call-happy preflop. Like, I was racing 50, 60, whatever. It didn't matter. I would get call, call, call every, every time. So I think it's... Probably might might be slightly better at a table like that to just call here, but you know, I, I can't be terrible to, to make this raise. Yeah, I did just see a, a very relevant tweet. Um, I don't remember who tweeted it, but they basically, I believe they said, uh, quote, the fold to three bet percentage in Florida is hovering around 2%. That's correct. Yeah. That's <laughs> so right. if and when that's the case, I think it's fine to just really polarize your three bet range and like tighten it up quite a lot. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, it's still fine. To, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with making three bets with, like, suited connectors. Even if you do get called a lot, just to kind of keep your range a little bit wider and not kind of really restrict yourself to, like, certain, to hitting certain boards. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm fine with how I play this. I just think maybe I should have call a little bit more often than normal here. Yeah. But all right. So th this part of the hand is pr pretty standard. Um, and then the uh, hijack, the min opener then folds. Uh, the button calls and the small blind calls. Okay, so we get so we get two callers. It looks like um, cool. Yep. So we're like one sixty in the pot or so. Cool. Um, okay. And, and the flop comes deuce of diamonds, three of clubs, five of spades. So we do make top pair with a backdoor flush draw and a gut shot. Yep. And of course, the gut shot. I mean, it's not the greatest gut shot in the world. Um, because it does put a, a, a one-liner out there, but also it maybe lets us get value from an ace if a four were to come. Definitely. I, I actually like this particular gutter. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll occasionally get coolered by 6-7, I suppose, but um, I, I actually do like this. This is a nice draw, I think. Yeah, pretty um, pretty good anyway, board for, I, for this hand. Yeah, I, I think so. I, and, you know, it's multi-way. Um, of course, the small blind checks to me. Um, and it's, it's multi-way. I think you could go either way with a better check here. Um, I like to, I, I think I, I decided to bet for protection. I think I could go with a check call, maybe look to check raise some turns depending on how things go. Um, but, uh, you know, depending on, but I, I don't know. I like to bet for protection here. I don't know. How do you feel about that? I think it's fine. I think it is definitely table dependent because we really hate to get raised here. Because, like, there are obviously, like, a ton of pairs in both players' ranges, like, anywhere from sixes to tens. Um, and that's that kind of makes me think, like, well, you know, these, like, the, and and it, it, especially at a sort of this this type of live game, we've definitely talked a lot about how people just, like, go, like, make these random raises with over pairs, even when they really shouldn't, because, like, you still have a range advantage, you know, you have so many better hands than, like, sevens here. So, yeah. like, their raises really only fold out worse. But either way, you know, we do have a ton of equity with this yeah. hand. And I do, I, I, I think check calling probably makes more sense multi-way. Um, mm. Just because there's so many better hands in, in people's ranges. Uh, and we kind of want to realize our equity and not get blown off it. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, you know, getting raised here sucks. Like, we probably have to call, but it's going to feel really crappy. Right. Um, so I, I think you're right that, you know, putting this into a check call range is probably fine. Um, although it will make it harder. And, you know, overcards are almost definitely coming out. Actually, definitely are coming out unless we make a straight, of course. So it's going to make it, if, if, if it checks through, it's going to be really hard to sort of know where we're at in the hand on future streets, which is one, one reason I do like betting to sort of define players' ranges a little bit. Yep. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't mind betting either, but... But I, I want to fold out, you know, random overcards that are, you know, that I have, so I don't have to be concerned about them on later streets is more what I'm talking about. So, um, I could even go smaller here, maybe 40. But I, anyway, I did bet 50. So, um, and the button calls and the small blind calls. So we, we do get called in both. So we do it. And that doesn't feel great. No. But I mean, I, mean I, think, I think I have the best hand a lot still, honestly. Yeah. But, 
Um, I, yeah, I did. I would have preferred if only one. Now, of, of course, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I do think we have the best hand a lot still. There are like you know a lot of like four X, like five four pocket fours. I guess that's probably hopefully it. Uh, but yeah, then I there's over. We are getting we're getting called. This is a passive loose passive table. We're getting called by by Ace High here a lot because there's so many. There's a gutter. They have a gutter. Yeah. So I think we're getting called by lots of random Ace High. So. Okay. Um. Anyway, another bit of info about the button, by the way, and this is actually very relevant. Uh, this guy, um, I had recently bluffed him in a large pot, and he was tilted about this. Great. So this is relevant. And so I he might call him. you down with, like, any two cards. Yeah, yeah. So this is very, I think it's a relevant piece of information. So he was, like, mumbling about the hand for quite a while after the bluff. So, um, all right. So the turn now is the Queen of Hearts. Okay. I mean, it's not a horrible card, honestly. No, I mean, how much Queen X do they have? Like, I don't know. Um, I thought it was fine, but I also don't really think that, like, we will continue to get value from much worse. So I just, I elected this small blind, of course, checks, and I elected to check here as well. What do you think of that? Um, I think it's fine to check when the overcard comes out. We're, I think you're right. We're probably getting, like, one more street of value max. I don't hate trying to get that street of value here. I mean, we can kind of continue to like protect, continue to sort of evaluate because there's a chance that you know we can kind of get a, a a read from one of these players that they might have one of those like pairs that are better than us, and and like we don't have a you know we can like we it gives us the option to like turn our hand into a bluff on the river if we sort of kind of if we pick up that like I, read. I don't know. I I don't like the idea of betting and then when called thinking I don't like the idea of betting for value and then when called thinking we're no good. Right. That's you know? fair too. No, um, and I and I but I just yeah. I, I don't know what like folding out ace highs isn't terrible either, like unless you think they're gonna call the river when they miss. But because it's yeah. like we're not gonna get any value from them on the river most likely. Right, that's true. Um but maybe and we just check both streets and don't try to get more value because we have like kind of a weak hand. I was also looking to maybe do a bit of bluff catching versus tilted villain is what I was thinking in real time. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's interesting. Um, even if even if he's tilted, the sort of showdown monkey type of player might not be bluffing at the proper frequency. But I, I honestly don't even mind like, you know, if it goes check, 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 we probably win. That's and we're probably true. not getting value from from the hands that we're beating a whole and, lot. And you're and you're right. Like he probably isn't bluffing it enough, given that he is a showdown monkey. So you're probably. I mean, I don't know. I think you could probably bet small here or check. I, I don't know, but I checked. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's fine. And button now bets half pot. He bets one seventy five. It's a little little bigger than half pot. But chunky bet for a player like from a player of that sort. Yeah. Um, small line gets out of the way. And I think we have a square call here. Yeah, we still have some good... We still have a decent amount of equity. Villain could be making a tilt bluff. Um, so I think that totally makes sense. Um, so let's see. We had 350 to the pot. So we're looking at a pot of about 660. And we've only got like 575 behind now. So we got about basically a little under a pot size bet left. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the river now... Is a five of hearts. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, we make trips. Gin card. Yeah. Do we ever lead here? Um. Versus showdown monkey. What? Well, how much are you leading here? If you do, I mean, are you leading for a jam? Are you leading yeah. for like a half lead, pot? I would lead for probably a third pot. So you lead for two hundred. I said. I mean, so you basically think? I mean, you're you're pretty much thinking we have the best hand here a hundred percent of the time. No, I wasn't thinking that in real time. I what, but I was. Which you don't have to be thinking that in real time. I think you could still lead to get called by worse because this player is likely to check back. That's um, fair. Um, but I think we can never fold to a jam if we lead. Like I, I if we lead for like two twenty, like and he jams, like we have to call like three hundred to win like a thousand, like eleven hundred. Like that's just. It's like the odds we're getting are so insane when honestly he could have like a queen. Sure. Like the but way we played jam the hand. A queen? Probably a not, but maybe. Showdown monkey villain, especially one who's like mad at me and just wants to take my money. 
I feel like he's just gonna snap it off with a queen. So do you think we can bet fold here? No. Oh, oh god, I don't know. I like maybe. I guess like what does he have with like four or six? Like if he has the straight or like a I, I feel like he never or, has Maybe or, ace four is yeah. probably more likely than four six. Yeah, yeah like, ace four. I don't know. I don't know. So that's it's kind. Of, that's kind of the 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 one consideration I'd make about leading is like he may. I don't know how aware this villain is in terms of sort of like strategy. Obviously, because like I think being a showdown monkey doesn't necessarily preclude you from from understanding a bit a bit more strategy. Where he may yeah. and and even you know he may think wow like this lead is like super weak like you know why is he leading here doesn't make sense I'm just gonna jam and sure. then you're just like I, I I am a little worried about that. And I, I don't know. I mean, he may he may just continue to bet with, like, his bluffs all, is the other consideration that if we want to get money from his bluffs, if right, you kind of have that, that, that yeah. thought that he's going to be bluffing a lot on the turn and going to continue to do so, or even if he's not going to continue to do so. I mean, they, we're definitely way more likely to make money if we check and we think he has a lot of bluffs in his range. Or so, he, might, he could also bet a queen. Yeah, um, he could definitely bet. value bet worse. Yeah, I so I, I think a check here is warranted on it, like after talking it through there. But so, I, I, I don't I don't hate leading either for for the reasons that you've suggested. I mean, he might still give us a crying call with a with a with a with a pair. Yeah, like tens. Yeah, nines. Anyway, I check, and he pretty quickly bets three fifty. Okay. That's three fifty. Yeah. And my question is, am I supposed to jam? Yeah, that's uh, interesting. So, I mean, yes. so so we, we can think, I mean, what what do you think he's taking this line with? Like, I think his value hands that beat us are basically twos, threes, and ace four. Yeah. Like, I mean, this type of villain probably isn't opening four six a whole lot. He didn't open. Okay. Okay. He's well, he's probably not calling a double flatted. He double flatted. Is he double flatting with four six a lot? Probably. Okay. So four six <laughs> suited. Four six suited. I yeah. Four six suited. Yeah. So. So then that is a there are a, num a lot of value combos, but there's also a lot of queens. Right. There's like, and is a queen gonna call? Like probably, given the size he made it. Like I feel like he has to call with the queen at that. Point. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. Um. So. He can also have like. A, some amount of fives, but the, they're like you know a, a good amount of combos of fives. But I don't think he bets so large on the turn with a five. That's true. I mean, it could be sort of a second pair bet to see where he's at, but it is a large. It is a large bet. It's pretty large for that. I don't know. Based on the sizing, I thought it was pretty improbable he had a five. This is really interesting because you know another sort of live tell. I feel like I've read when people kind of bet large but not all in and leaving yourself a lot behind is typically a sign of strength hmm. but at the same time like it, it we do have a very strong hand i mean and, yeah. and I, I'm, I, I don't I, know if we're beating his folding time. obviously i'm never folding I, no I, I just don't know if we're ahead of like 50 you know 50 percent of his of his calling range like if he's betting like maybe and if he's bluffing then he's he's not calling a jam even for that price so I don't know. I, I think I just like calling here, but maybe because we have a six, we're supposed to be be jamming because we block like six four. So we block one combo of six four suited, sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how relevant that is, but I think if we have five four, maybe that case is stronger because then we're blocking all of the straights. But anyway, I did just call and I like immediately regretted. I was like, I don't know, maybe should I jammed? Anyway, he 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 mucks and says he claims he had queen four. So wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's a spot where I really am, am in the dark. Like, I don't I don't really know, you know, what he's... Uh, it's, it's just tough, because I don't really know what he's betting with. It's, like, really interesting where all these dynamics of him being, like, you know, kind of tight, but also kind of tilted. And, like, yeah. you know, maybe he's betting a wider range, and he just has, like, a bunch of random queens because he wants to play more pots with you. Or maybe he's, like a lot stronger because he's like, well, now I'm definitely going to take his money. It's kind of, I think, I think kind of understanding that dynamic and then evaluating, you know, how to best that, like that kind of helps with, with figuring out how to approach the situation, I think. Yeah. And, and I just didn't, hadn't 
didn't know him well enough, I guess, to figure that out. But, I mean, ultimately, I called. I think if I had gone all in, he would have called. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think for sure if he had, um, if he actually had any sort of queen, I think he would definitely call. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? Who, who but, knows? Uh, it was a, definitely an interesting one. I don't know. I think, like, I, I'm trying to go as thin as possible for value lately. And, like, I'm really trying to work on that. And so I think I, sh like, given that, I should have jammed. You know, if you're not, if you're never value owning yourself, you're not going thin enough. So. Yeah, well, that's that's true, and I it's real. So I, I think maybe then jam does make sense. Like I'm yeah. I'm probably on board with the jam. Like it's just not for that much more. Also, we do want to make the max, right? And like if he has a super strong hand, fine. But I I do think there's enough. Like the more I think about it, like he probably just is trying to own you with like a queen and is just never folding to you. So based on that, I'm probably more on more on the. <clears throat> more more on board with jamming. Yeah. All right. So, next hand. Next hand. Uh, I'm playing 1-3 at Encore Boston Harbor, um, which continues its slide down the ladder of poker rooms as they've started charging for drinks. What? Uh, which is, like, ridiculous. Well, I mean, that's the way it is here. I don't, I don't know. So well, I know, but most casinos, I feel like, you know, give you free drinks for playing and... I, it might also just be in the poker room, so I could probably go downstairs to, like, the casino floor, get a drink, and come back. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's pretty lame. Like, the rate there is so high. Like, what the heck? <clears throat> yep. I mean, they, they have removed the uh, the jackpots, so they've removed the extra, like, $1 to $2 of promo rake, which is nice. Have um, they also removed the promos? Yeah, there's still a bad beat going, but people think once that gets hit, that's going to be it, so... Anyway, the room is just kind of like, I don't know. It's still a good room. The action's good, but, like, the rake is so high. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, the New Hampshire card rooms, I'm going to have to check out Chasers soon and just see how the action is there. Because um, the action was great at Boston Billiards, uh, That it, as I talked about last week. Um, the action was great. It was just kind of empty. Um, but anyway, you know, any other people, any listeners who play around New England, I know many of you have mentioned, I know at least one of you has mentioned the brook. If anyone's got any other tips on uh, the hottest places to play, hit me up. Um, anyway, in this hand, uh, we are playing with uh, playing a full eight-handed game, and action is going to start uh, in the hijack, who opens it up to ten. Um, the hijack is—I wouldn't call him necessarily like a great player, but he's definitely like above average. Like he is. He's opening most of the pots he's involved in. He's not open. He's never open limping. That's he's occasionally way above limping. average. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a I, pro. I think he's. <laughs> I think he's probably more on the like on the looser side of things. A little more loose, aggressive, playing for fun. Um, but you know that he, I have been watching him, and he is like opening a fair share of pots. But he is opening, so that's that's something. Um, the cutoff. The cutoff is going to call the ten dollars. And I look down at a great hand on the button. Uh, Ace of Spades, Ace of Diamonds. That's a nice hand. I mean, it's it's the best among, hand, right? Among the best, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the six best. Uh, so we we make it forty, which I think is pretty standard. Um, you make it okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah we make Great. it forty three x plus the caller, uh, and both players call. Nice. And we started this hand. Um, we started this hand about four seventy five effective. I've got four seventy five. The villain. Uh, in this hand is that hijack decent player who had just won a monster pot um, that I just that I texted you about where uh, he had aces uh, on an ace jack 10 ace mm. jack 10 10 X board he had aces against ace 10 and king queen yeah. which is just like a gross brutal cooler uh, so he yeah. he just like covered me because he obviously stacked both of those players yeah um, I mean and just to note, like with aces, you know, people say like I've heard people make the comment that they really do like to trap with aces so they can get as many players in the pot as possible. And I just want to say that aces is one of the few hands where you actually are happy to have more than one opponent, but it's exactly two. Once you get beyond two opponents, you still have less than fifty percent equity with your. Aces. Yeah, I mean, oh. obviously, it's nice with aces that like you never really need to protect against overcards. Right. Yeah. Which is like compared to every other hand you do often. Um, I mean, that's the most part about Ace-King, too, I guess. Uh, but anyway, so both players call, so we are going three ways here to a flop. Uh, the flop is going to come out. It's actually quite similar to your uh, your hand. It's going to come out two of spades, three of diamonds, four of spades. So four, three, deuce, two spades. We do have the ace of spades. 
So we flop an over pair and a gut shot and it checks to me. Sort of sad that you're blocking the gutters that will call you. Yeah, I mean there there could be some fives. There could be some sixes. Certainly some some amount of pairs from, from both of these players. So what do you what do you like here? Are you on board with sort of a small C bet? Do you like sizing up? Um given the sort oh, of low board? I'm, I'm gonna bet small C bet. I mean, maybe like if this if you're playing against somebody, you know, some really strong villains and given that you have the ace of spades, maybe this is actually taken as a check. Um, but given that we're playing one three, I'm definitely putting money in this pot. I'm gonna bet probably forty dollars. Okay. I, I was sort of thinking, oh, this is you know, very connected board. Um I was sort of on board with betting larger. Also, given the board is so small, there are like probably a, a, a few more hands that might call me, even with sort of a larger sizing. Um, you know, any sort of pocket pair is going to call me here. Any like four, probably like any five. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. If you think that like the exact same range of hands will defend you regardless of your size, then you are supposed to go larger. Right. The question is like, like, are you getting floats from like King Jack with a spade, King Queen with a spade here if you go small versus you're not if you go large? I don't know I mean, if I either really player. I don't really know if either player is defending King Jack or King Queen with a spade here, regardless. Okay, so then yeah, I think uh, I think I like larger sizing then. Yeah. Um, I mean, although I guess I don't know. I will play. say. What? I don't know, and you know, but I, I I don't know if those hands were are floating. I guess maybe they would to a smaller bet. So. Maybe it does just make sense. And may maybe there's something to be said about having the Ace of Spades and thinking, you know, maybe we should go smaller with the Ace of Spades and larger without, um, you know. To Definitely. I think if you're going to bet this board, you know, without, and you don't have, you have Aces without the Ace of Spades, I think you should go very large. Um, yeah, but maybe having that additional equity and, you know, ability to, to you know, re-get there means we, we don't have to go as big. Well, it's more it's just like you're blocking, you know, the nut flush draw. Right. It's more so what it, you know, no one can have it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, well, I don't know. I, I actually do wonder if these guys are folding sixes and sevens, you know, and eights. Just like to it, because you three bet pre-flop. I wonder if they're going to be over folding. Well, I've been three betting quite a bit, I would say. And as I said, people have kind of been playing back. So I think they're both aware that I've been uh, pretty active and aggressive. So I... I don't think they necessarily are giving me credit for aces, kings, etc. All right, well then, yeah, large sizing seems fine. But in interesting points, and you know, maybe it's maybe the spade means I should bet small, but I don't. I bet eighty, okay, um, which is about two thirds pot, and uh, only the hijack, who is the original raiser, calls. Cool. Um, so it adds one sixty, and he can have anything from like at this point, you know, fives through queens. I guess he could have a flush draw, probably. Um, that's probably it. Yeah. Well, well, the turn comes the most dynamic possible card, uh, okay. which is the five of spades. Mm. Which I think is a really interesting card, uh, as I now have uh, the bottom end of the straight and the not flush draw. Yeah. Wow. That's and he wacky. checks. Huh. And I think, I mean, I, I basic my thinking at the time is like, well, I made a straight. I have the ace of spades. Um, I should probably bet here. Um, you know, try and get one more street of value here. Um, but maybe not. I don't really know. This was the spot where I was super confused in. Yeah, so you guys have put in... So the, the board is deuce of spades, three of... Di three of red. Three of diamonds, four of spades, five of spades. You have aces with the ace of spades. Yep, there's 280 in the pot, and we got about 350 left behind. Okay. I mean, I don't really want to play for stacks right now, actually, I think. Because there's a decent... I mean, he can have some better straights here. Like, I don't think it's... I guess it's... You know, we didn't really... I didn't mention it on the on the previous street, but I do think it's possible he calls you with, like, a better, a better gutter. Especially if he's a more kind of active player, and he has some of those suited connectory type hands. Yeah, like six, seven. Yeah. Or like, I mean, any six here. I mean, he could have, you know, king if he has king six suited. You know, that's a cutter on the flop. Um, so, I don't know. I'm a little interested in doing a bit of pot control here and then just never folding river. I mean, the, the flip side, of course, here, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I really want to even, like, build a pot. 
like in case we make our flush because then if we don't make our flush we're like where are we at you know so, well it's kind of interesting because it's like if we don't make a flush and we check back and the villain like jams river on a brick like we like you know are we supposed to call when he like overbet jams like probably with like our specific hand with a spade but like i don't know that i want to put myself in that position where you know definitely something in live poker as you've pointed out is like trying to go thinner for value and calling less yeah i mean i don't know first of all i think if on the river if he jams like having a spade is definitely bad for us if it's a brick right or, or no i'm sorry because it's the five of spades so yeah no, so the flush is already in just blocking the flush i mean i don't know i think if we bet here then he'll jam almost certainly if he like if he has a strong hand or a bluff he'll be like we have a strong chance of getting raised on this board and it's really gonna suck i guess or like i mean we could go small to try to get a bit of value here and then evaluate river like yeah and i was kind of thinking too that if i bet here and didn't get raised then I can, like, and he doesn't, then I can just, like, check back non-spade rivers. Like. Interesting. And, but you know, and, and kind of do my pot controlling there, but probably is a little dangerous, you know, because getting raised, like, we probably have to call, even if we bet small, just given the stack sizes, like. And the fact that we're blocking the nuts. We're blocking the nuts, like, we have outs, even if we're behind. Um, but I don't know that I like getting ourselves into that situation. Right. You know, I kind of like a check here, I think think i think I, and i think we can go for value on a lot of rivers yeah i do think it will have we will have trouble getting paid on spade rivers if he himself does not have spade right right um so that's the one downside that's the biggest downside of checking back uh but i mean that's less probable than a non-spade river and i think we can get value from a lot of this a lot of hands on a non-spade river that have like if he has a showdown value we hand now i don't think and he and we check it back and he checks to us on the river i'm pretty sure he'll call a smallish yeah. bet which is what you're going to make on the turn anyway yeah i think it's interesting too because i think he can have a lot of sets here and i think that i mean it I, I don't know like if you were in his position and i checked back the turn you know would you be jamming river with sets like how would you be playing a set on a brick river Check call, Jay. Because, like, I feel like if I, I... It's such a weird... This is why it was such a weird spot. This is all the stuff that was going through my head. I was like, you know, I feel like he's... he's he, Like, he can very easily have a set here. Like, I'm not getting a whole lot of value from a lot of other hands. Um, you know, so, yeah, so am I... Mean, I so, so... He probably is betting rather large on the river with a set. I don't know and if that, he's jamming. Yeah, but and I that puts me in a gross rather. spot, too. Because, like, there are still a lot of hands that also beat me, as you say. So it's... But, but I mean, I think it's just a, a snap call at that point. You know, I think if he bets anything reasonable on the river that isn't an overbet jam, like you have the easiest call in the world, unless it's a, I mean, unless the river changes something significantly. But um, I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like you are not like, yes, if you are against specifically a set, you could, and you bet this, betting this street is probably the, the only way you're going to get stacks in. But I just don't know if I want to get stacks in. Like I'm a little apprehensive about. I don't know that we're going to be good often enough, and I, I don't know. So. Yeah, it's it's quite. It was just very interesting because I was thinking, you know, I don't really want to just like call off River because I feel like even even a player who I kind of give credit to as being aggressive, as we've talked about previously, is like whenever we try and give people credit for having bluffs in their range, like more often than not, they just have the goods anyway when they like bet huge on River. Yeah, I just don't see like players so rarely overbet River though. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, well, I, I decide to bet here um, against all against everything that, that you said. And I, I probably could go smaller here. I, I make it kind of a chunky bet. I bet 115, um, which is 40%-ish pot. I don't hate it. I mean, you know, you're just saying I'm, you're just, you have to call a jam. Yes, I, I, and I was planning on calling a jam because I do think sometimes he might, like, jam a set or, like, he, like he can jam worse value. And like, but it's I not great. It's so bad for him to jam a set. Yes, Thero, because you have so many like ASX in your range. Like I think jamming a set is ter is like quite bad. Yeah, so maybe checking back just makes more sense. Um, but we we decide to bet, and he calls pretty quickly. Um, oh, okay. Well, that's good. 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like, I don't really know. Like, I, again, it's uh, it's kind of one of these spots where it's, it's you know. I don't know. I'm, like, thinking about the fact that he called. I'm thinking about jamming River, honestly, now. Yeah, well, it, it doesn't come to that. And I think the turn was really sort of the interesting decision point um, because the, uh, the River comes the Seven of Spades. Okay. So we just bink, we just bink, you know, the nuts, basically. Yeah. Don't tell me that six three of spades is a better hand than me. I won't. I won't hear it. I would like to see that in the comments. Comment below to let Josh <laughs> know that six three of spades is the nuts. Well, six eight is even better. Um, but anyway, he now checks to me, and I think I have a very easy jam for basically half pot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and he folds quickly. He he folds, but this is kind of the interesting thing: is he folds the six of diamonds face up, and he says, "I think that river saved me some money." Hmm. Wow. So I guess I guess the reason he didn't jam on the turn is because he is worried that like only flushes were gonna call the jam. Interesting. Which I don't necessarily agree with. Um but Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I still like you're j I still like jamming that river on a non spade. Yeah. I mean I do think there are enough hands that are not uh that are not sixes yeah. yeah especially once we once we check i mean especially once we check turn i think i think we kind of check turn call river is sort of a better better yeah play. but i think it, but given that you bet turn it, it the turn went bet call I, and you now you only have like half a pot size bet behind i think you could just rip, rip it on the river yeah and it's quite interesting because like i don't anyway it was just weird because i kind of gave thought that he would be jamming sixes because like i thought he was like like then this is why i say i don't think he was like an, a great player because i think that like he was definitely that's definitely a pretty scared play to like not yeah. be jamming the turn yeah, there. I think you have to just jam there. And I, I did learn a little more about his looseness when he told me he he had six eight of diamonds. He told me later, which I think I do believe. Which okay. you know, he made the super straight. Yeah, you're right on a on a terrible board. So just really interesting spot with these sort of like, you know, aces that turn turn a straight into and then like, it was just that sort of turn spot that was really weird, but. You know, it's possible yeah. that just checking is checking and then planning to call rivers makes makes more sense and opens his range a little bit more to hands we can get value from. Yeah, I mean, not to be results oriented, of course, but you wouldn't if you had check back turn. I don't think you were getting. He would probably would have folded river to anything. So. Yeah, um, and that's what I was thinking is just like, well, I you know if this guy isn't jamming a whole lot, then like I just want to get my value now and shut down like rivers where you know we might not be ahead of his his calling range, but. I, I, that's the thing that is such like to me it's like most of what he's calling with on the turn I feel like on the river is you should is gonna call a jam on a non-spade so I don't know and that's, that's a good weird. point too so maybe you may you may be right uh, at that so anyway that's a that's kind of an interesting one three spot um, yeah I genuinely have no idea how you should have played that hand welcome to bankroll burners everybody we have no idea how to play poker hands so. and that should not come as any surprise if you have listened to us before yeah well let's uh, let's move on all right, so my next hand is uh, not from a live game. It's from an online game. Uh, played a little bit of $0.25, cent, $0.50 cent online this week in our online home game. And um, this is from a nine-handed game. And the straddle was on in this game. Not the whole time. About half of the people were straddling, uh, which was fun. Straddle does not often come on in these games, but it was it. Was, it, was it. it was lit. And uh, we are... Under the gun plus one, so your next act after the straddle in this nine-handed game. We are 124 effective with the main villain, so 124 blinds effective with the straddle. Um, and we look down, or look on screen, at eight of clubs, eight of diamonds, which is a pretty easy open. Uh, I make it $3, and pulls all the way around to button calls, small blind folds, big blind calls, and the straddler completes. Oof, so a lot of customers, and I think eights is probably right on the cusp of what, well, I guess with the straddle on, we're probably opening a little bit wider in terms of pairs. You know, in an unstraddled pot, I think eights are like kind of the the, the bottom of the must-open range from under mm -hmm. the gun. Uh, yeah, I mean, but in a game like this, where you need, it's expected of you to be a bit more action-y, I'm, I'm not, I'm never folding, like, 
I mean, I'll probably fold like fours under the gun, but I, I, I feel like I have to open like fives plus just to, you know, I mean, yeah. yeah, if I'm, if I'm sitting playing with like a bunch of nits in two five, yeah, I'll fold, I can fold sevens under the gun, but you know, that's rarely the case. I don't enjoy being in those games anyway. So. And you can always, um, I mean, and you can always like limp deuces through fours if you want to like play more hands and if the table's not super duper actioning. Yeah. They are, sure. You know, because you can call one raise with those hands, but can't really stand to squeeze like at a table where you're not going to see a lot of raising and three bets i think open limping low pocket pairs and also at tables that won't actually catch on that like the only hands that you're open limping are deuces through fours yeah that's very true um I, people are more observant than you think though so yeah that um, sure i do yeah i do go ahead and open this up we are so we have we're about 12 dollars to a flock here yep um and the main villain in the hand is the straddle so a bit of background on the straddle. He is a weak, tight player. I have been bullying him. Uh, I have been opening absolute trash as three bets over his opens, and he was folding a lot. And he eventually caught on that I was doing this uh, and started to play back at me a little bit. So that's some relevant context in this hand. So. Okay. Um, so the flop comes Jack of Hearts, Ten of diamonds, eight of spades. Nice. So we fought bottom set. Yes. In a multi-way pot on a wet board. Yeah. A very wet board. There is no flush draw for what it's worth. There are, of course, several possible straights, um, all of which are in the villain's ranges. All of the villains can have any of the straights, I would say. Yeah. Um, uh, probably nobody here has a better set, though, given no. how these people are very three-bet happy in these games. So. Yeah, although it's worth noting that, you know, 10s are probably right on the edge of a 3-bet range when you're 3-betting under the gun. That's true. So I would say uh, Button, who is a decent-ish player, could potentially have 10s here. So that's that's a fair point. Um, anyway, I'm going to go ahead and bet this board. Yeah, um, so it checks to you. Yes, it checks to me. And I, I just think that it, it's a criminal to let a card come off here. I, and I actually think my opponents are going to connect with this board in a variety of ways. I, so I, I decided to take a rather large sizing, which I don't often do in four-way pots, but I think it's warranted given the board texture. Uh, so I go ahead and bet $8 for 2 Yeah, and for what it's worth, I mean, I think a lot... I, I think, like, as we've mentioned before, you know, you can always... There, there is a school of thought that says, especially in low stakes live poker which this is not but it's kind of the similar sort of game that you can polarize more multi-way you know where you take larger sizings more often and you bet a, a slimmer range of hands where you're really betting your best value and mm-hmm. your bluffs at a and your best bluffs at a and because it's it's likely that at least one opponent has connected with a board like this and will be will call a, a larger sizing yeah i think that's fair i I do generally like to bet smaller multi-way anyway. Like, I, I don't try, I try not to bet a large volume of hands multi-way, but even so, I do tend to take a smaller sizing just because all we're trying to do in multi-way pots a lot of times with a bet is deny equity uh, from a lot of hands. And we don't, we still need to bet that large to, to get those like crappier hands to fold, you know, especially if they understand multi-way responsibility a little bit. With Which most people don't. And that's why I would say more, more live than here. Because these games, I think you're probably more right where players are going to be folding a lot more multi-way like players will probably fold 9x some amount of the time or 7x or queen x like with you know with people to act behind because like if you're second to act with like you know i don't know nine six suited here like you're not gonna really want to call yeah i mean i don't know it's interesting because you're open-ended but I think like a much clearer fold is obviously like seven X or something, you know, yeah. but yeah, I think, I, I think with a nine, I don't know, maybe I'm too loose, but I might call with a nine. Whereas live, um, I mean, people are going to call you with a seven, with a queen, with all sorts of stuff. And so that, that that's kind of, I think another reason why you can just bet large and get the value. Yeah. Fair enough. So well, we bet, we bet big here, which I do like and kind of understand. We mean, you know, we have a set, let's put money in. Yep. And we get called by the uh, big blind and the straddle. So the button fold. Okay. And the turn now, so the turn now is the ace of spades. So we have jack of hearts, 10 of diamonds, eight of spades, ace of spades. The pot is right around $36. 
Um, and it checks to me. And what are you doing here? Given stack depths and such. Well, we have a ton behind. I think I still want to be betting here. Um, you know, maybe we bet a little bit smaller. Because, I mean, it's it's really interesting board because it's a card that overall favors our range. But at the same time, either of these players can have King-Queen for sure. Like, King-Queen is like an easy continue on the flop. Mm-hmm. Like, makes, you know, obviously Binks here. And that's a, that's definitely something I'm a little concerned about. Like, you know, that that's definitely one of the key draws that has made it. But also now there's a second flush draw. Um the, the, the ace can also first flush draw. It's, it's a first flush draw. Yeah, you're right. There's a second card to a flush draw, um, and uh, and the ace can interact with our opponents like value ranges in a in ways that are much more favorable to us, where they might have like ace jack or ace nine or ace ten, maybe. Sure. Yeah, I think that's all fair. Uh, I I personally thought that I had the best hand here often enough that I was my my desire was to go for stacks uh on like given this set and i I told you i've been trying to value bet thinly more so this is i'm like thinking like man you know i want money in this pot so i took a sizing which i really regretted i actually bet 22 dollars, and i wish i had sized up to like 26 you know subtle thing but unfortunately like now we have a little more than a pot size bet left if we get called by one player yeah correct versus you know, we would have a little less than a pot size bet left if we had sized up a bit. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I do think we probably have the best the the best hand often enough, and we only started the, the hand. I think something that's important to context contextualize that I still struggle with is we did only start the hand a little over a hundred big blinds deep, effectively with the straddle, and right. so you know, playing for stacks with the set makes a lot more sense than if we had started with like two hundred fifty bucks, and then we took like a pot size bet here with plans to like just try and continue to pile money in, like. That starts to lose a bit of credence, you know, right. as we get deeper. But only 100 big blinds deep, even though it's multi-way. I mean, it can't be bad to be, like, trying to shuffle the money in when we hit the set. Yeah, so absolutely, I think if we were deeper, this would be um, questionable play on my part. Uh, but yes, given that we're about a, a little over 100 big blinds effective to start the hand. So I go ahead and bet 22. We do get called by the straddle, but the, the big blind gets out of the way. Cool. Okay. Uh, so I see your point because now we've got about 80 in the pot and it looks like we've got about 90 left behind. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, a little bit of a, a, a mistake on my part. I and if, it, if we were deeper, I don't mind betting still on this turn, but I might just go on the smaller side where we have sort of room to, you know, because we, we can we can bet, we can still, I think, bet call mm-hmm. the, the turn. But, you know, if we're, if we're deeper, we might need to like evaluate the river a little bit more and want to want to play across three streets exactly yeah no and, and i don't know if i even if we're super deep i don't even know if i hate checking here honestly you know? yeah especially because we do especially as we get deeper we we do need to care a lot more about protecting our checking range and things like that so that's true but it still might i mean we still beat like everything except king queen i guess and a flopped straight like sure yep. so especially from the straddle um who is the, the villain here so so fair enough yeah so um but anyway, we bet, call, uh, river now is a brick. It's the five of clubs. Awesome. The straddle now checks and then says something. And I start to think, I'm like, can I get away with overbet jamming for value here? Am I, are there enough worse hands to call? Like, I'm like, did I really just screw myself? Do I have to take a small sizing? Like, ah, da, 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 da. I'm thinking, and he just goes, come on, bet. He says that in the chat. And I was like, all right, well, fine. So I just go all in. And the the, <laughs> the big blind who folded goes, just writes, you did indeed bet, uh, which I thought was pretty good. Very funny. Yeah. So anyway, villain tanks for a while. Uh, well, that's but... interesting. I mean, before you go on to his, his ultimate decision, I mean... It's so interesting because, like, the ace does interact with, like, a, his range in a way where, like, he can make top pair or two pair a decent amount of the time. Um, and, like, the only hands, again, we need to worry about are, like, king-queen, queen-nine, and nine-seven suited. Which is, right. you know, n- not a huge not a huge amount of hands. And, like, he could definitely have, like, jack-ten here. Like, probably all combos of jack-ten. 
Sure. Um, all like all combos of like Ace Jack, like possibly some Ace Ten that decided to get sticky and overcall the flop. So yep. I mean, we probably are ahead of like his his range where you know he might he's probably not defending with all seven nine or all queen nine. Right. No, I think I mean I think for sure like there's no question that we should be betting for value here. It's like can we the question is like can we get away with an overbet or do we need to do something more reasonable like you know bet two thirds. Um, and then obviously call it jam, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't know, but he made it easy for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, if he starts tanking, also, like, then we're like fist pumping and being like, please call, please call, please call. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. I mean, when he's just like, oh, bet, go on, bet. I was like, yeah, sure, man, I'll bet. You know, so I put it in my stack. He tanks, 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 uh, and then eventually clicks call. Uh, and we never see what he has, but he leaves the table. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I'd have to guess he had like either Jack ten or like Ace. Some I I would put my I would bet he had like two pair. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, two pair. I feel like he might have a little bit quicker if he thinks I'm full of crap and I've been bullying him all day. But I don't know. Maybe there's just so many value combos. Like, yeah. Okay. So so nice i mean we got the maximum but i good yeah. point on the turn that we could have bet a little bit bigger and uh set up an actual pot size jam that's a lot easier to than like over betting but it's not a huge over bet either i mean it's like 1.1 yeah. so no no i mean it's not like crazy like polarizing insanely polarizing bet or something i just prefer to give my opponents like a slightly better price on on the, like a slightly better price on the call you know obviously yeah. for balance purposes i don't want it to be too good of a price but you know anyway um, I, I just try to be careful with overbetting and not being unbalanced with my overbets because uh, it's very easy to only overbet for value. So, um, anyway, all right. Well, this is a hand I'm I'm quite excited about uh, okay. because I'm pretty sure that I did not play it correctly, but uh, it was certainly a fun hand. Um, and in this hand, uh, it's another one-three hand. Um, the villain in this hand is going to be. About 385 effective. There's no straddle on, so it's um, you know 130-ish big blinds deep. Um, okay. The villain in this hand was an older gentleman who was uh, my one of my favorite types of poker player, which is the active older gentleman. Uh, because OMCs, as we all know, suck to play against. When you sit down with an old guy, you kind of start to think, oh man, I don't want to be at a table with this individual uh, and yeah. then once they start raising you're like well this is great um and this guy was quite active he was raising a lot um it was quite fun to see like he was winning a bunch of pots i've been playing with a number of these these uh this type of player which is just just wonderful um yeah i mean especially when you see like an old guy who can run some sick bluffs that's like the best so. yeah Exactly. Um, so I am in the low jack in this hand. Uh, it folds to me, which is a first. Um, and we look down at red jacks. Uh, nice. So we're going to raise it up. Uh, you know, I will have to come up with a trademark name for them like everyone else. Uh, you know, um, so we raised to 15, which I think is pretty standard, uh, open for this game. Uh, okay. It folds to the button, who is this villain, and he makes it 45. Oh, wow. You get three bet. Yeah. And he hadn't been three betting a whole lot. Um, I hadn't I hadn't really seen him get the opportunity is probably uh, a, a large part of it. Yeah. That's the thing about these games. Like, I remember when I first started trying to open up my three betting range, I just was like, wow, I literally can never three bet because no one ever opens the pot. Well, and then you realize if no one ever opens the pot that, like, opening up the three betting range is a bad idea because that means they're only opening, like, their top hands. Well, but then again, I don't know that it really does mean that because I see people open the stupidest crap, especially at these levels. Like they'll just like they'll limp a hundred pots and they'll be like three six suited. It's weird. I saw a guy do exactly that. Who had like eighty percent VPEP. He was just calling, calling, calling. He raised and everyone folded and he showed nine deuce of hearts. Right. And I was like, well, okay, if that's the hand that you decide to open, like bully for you, right? Um, but anyway, in this in this case, it folds back to me, and I, I think I just have a square call here with jacks. Yeah, you you're never getting called by worse if you four bet. I mean, I guess you can call base king. That's about it. Okay, well, you know that's uh, yeah, we we can absolutely get called by ace king, but I think in general, you know, calling here just makes the most sense um, with jacks. I, I really don't ever like to play jacks as a four bet unless I'm super deep or super I'm shallow. Like or cold or or super deep super shallow or cold four betting but other than that 
I tend to not like to format jacks. Yeah, to totally fair. Um, and the flop, so, so we're off to a flop, which comes out uh, an interesting one. It's um, Ace of Diamonds, Ace of Hearts, Ten of Diamonds. Hmm. Okay. So there's an overcard, but uh, we have jacks. We have, you know, we have a, a reasonably strong hand. The two aces obviously make it less likely he's got an ace. He can still have a pair better than ours. Um, we yeah, have I mean, a diamond. Yeah, I do you think this sort of player is three betting? I mean, for sure, like, obviously kings and aces, obviously, but queens sounds like probably yes. Yep, I think queens. Do you think tens? Probably not. I rarely see tens three bet. Okay. Which is and weird. Then, like, uh, ace, king seems like probably ace, queen? Old guys Maybe. <laughs> Maybe ace queen. I don't know. And then he definitely like it's definitely possible that he just has some random three bets. Like as you've said, like in these live games, you just never know when people have like a favorite hand or they just think, oh, enough of this guy raising, I'm gonna three bet without really any right. regard for their actual hand. Yep, totally. So So like at this point you're hoping that you're I mean, if his range was literally queens, kings, aces, ace king, and ace queen, I mean you're you're drawing pretty slim. So at this point, you're kind of hoping you're up against maybe a, I mean, either king-queen suited if he's doing it with that, or like a spaz, basically. Yes, king-queen suited, which is possible. King-queen suited, or just like something, some like suited connectors, maybe, if he happened to hit a diamond draw. Like, I do have the jack of diamonds, it's worth noting, so I'm blocking some of those diamond draw hands. Sure. Um, but when I check, he actually checks it back. Okay. That could be good. I, I suspect that's good. You've definitely been betting a, a good amount when he had it. Um, so I'm kind of thinking it's more likely he's got something like kings, queens, king, queen. One of those hands, probably uh, probably a wit not aces or ace-king. I guess maybe exactly aces. Yeah, yeah, maybe he checks back. But probably not ace-king. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, and I think, you know, there's definitely some bluffing opportunities if he does have queens or kings. And I mean, I know I should be leading this board, right, all the time. Oh, yeah. So there's mistake, mistake number one. Um, okay, so so that's uh, that's the flop, and the turn now comes uh, the three of hearts, which does bring a second flush draw. We've got red jacks, so we are blocking both of them. Um, and what do you like here? Do you think we continue to to? Do you think we'd like check call the street? Do you like trying to get some value if we're up against a hand that's worse? What worse hand are we up against that's going to call except exactly like king queen suited? Yeah, I mean pretty much king queen suited, maybe a diamond or hard draw if he does have like suited connectors. Yeah, if he's good enough to three bet it suited connectors though, he might be good enough to raise like if he picks up hearts here, he might be good enough to raise cuz if you're targeting king queen suited, you're going to make a small bet, right? He's trying to get called by a gutter. Yep. So you might have the wisdom to raise you here if he is good enough. If he is in fact good enough to three bet suited connectors, he may be good enough to raise you with them when he, you know, picks up a draw. Yeah, I mean, when we really break down his range, I probably just like checking here again. Agreed. Um, I like check evaluate. Yeah, possibly. like probably can check yeah. call a small bet. Um, I mean, yeah, I might also look to possibly. I don't know. I feel like turning our hand into a bluff is probably a bit silly at this point but maybe not depends what he does what does he do well so i i actually decide to bet here oh okay um despite you know again i i kind of do like a check here i think after after talking about it but i decide to bet and i do go small i bet 30 uh into about 90 mm -hmm. um and he he doesn't think too long and calls I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think we're value owning ourselves against kings and queens so much with this bet, right? You know, because he's just never going to fold those hands to the small sizing, and he has way more kings and queens than he has king queen suited. He has yeah, twelve combos of kings and queens and four combos of king queen suited. So, I don't know. Seems a little little thin. So, um, the river now is going to come. A uh, pretty interesting card. It's going to come the king of diamonds. So the front door flush draw is gets in. Uh, this is obviously a card that smashes his range a lot more than mine. Um, yeah. So what you know? What what do you think here? here with kings. I like 
probably checking and I think is this just a straightforward check fold no I, I mean we have good like we have a good an interesting bluffing candidate if he bets small if he bets quite large I'm not sure because first of all I don't know if we have the fold equity with the stacked ups um, I mean what, so what's in the pot now so there's it's, 150 uh, in the pot and there's about 300 ish behind yeah, so we for sure don't have the fold equity if he bets large. If he bets yes. really small, we might be able to get away with some shenanigans. Yeah, well, I agree. And I also think, I, I just also think that a lot of players like this are going to vary their bet size quite a bit based on the strength of their hand. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing either, where, you know, if he's got a one pair hand like King Queen. Or maybe even pocket queens, he might elect to, to take a smaller sizing versus, like, if he bets big, you know, he's probably got something, but that he doesn't want old, to fold. A good old down. boat. Yeah. A good, yeah, a boat. Maybe he's, like, connected on a flush somehow. Um, obviously, we have the jack of diamonds, so it's difficult, but possible. Uh, but I agree. I definitely want to start with a check, evaluate. Um, so we do check, and he bets 75. Hmm. So a good old half pot size bet. Okay. So now there's 225 in the pot, and we have how much did you say behind? We, About we 300 had... before that, so 225 on top. So, yeah, so if we jam here, he's going to get, uh, I mean, he's not even, let's see, the pot would, if we jam here, it would be 525 in the pot, and he'd have to call 225, is that right? Something like that. Yeah, so he's going to get, like, a little better than 2 to 1, which is, you know, bad enough odds to induce a fold. Yeah, and the so. thing is, like, I just think when he bets 75, which is, like, half pot, like, I think he never has an ace. Like, especially once he checks back flop. Um, and then I also have the jack, like, pocket jacks with the jack of diamonds just seems like a great bluff candidate. Because, like, first of all, we're not really beating anything he's taking this way for value, right? If we had pocket queens, like, maybe we're beating pocket jacks, for example. Because it's really queens and jacks. Because blocking queen, jack, and blocking the flush are, like, the two things that we really want to be doing. Um, I think he pretty much never has an ace. So, like, I'm just repping. And, like, I my range is fairly uncapped if I jam. Because, like, I could probably play some hands this way as a check jam for value. Because the king is, like, so much better for him. You know, maybe like, maybe probably queen jack or like a flush. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't hate it at all. I, I, I think that. I no, I, I think that if you're gonna bluff, like this is probably the best possible hand, right? Like, what better bluff candidate do you even have? Yeah, and I mean, again, and it's also just like he just doesn't have an ace here, right? He just like can't have an ace or like pocket kings because he could have a terrible ace. Yeah, that's... He could have ace-five suited. But a terrible ace might not, like, might fold. Agreed. Because, like, I'm repping better than a terrible ace. Like, yeah, nothing... I, I think that he never has anything here that is, like, excited about your jam, pretty much. Unless unless, he was, like, unless he's, like, trapping with something silly. With a monster. If he, like, if he has, like, literally pocket aces. Like or ace-ten is probably one that he might he might check back sometimes, right? If he has ace-ten suited. Um, yeah, that's true as well. So I think that those are hands you were losing to, but I think the, but he has way more hands. Like he has king queen, he has let's say ace five suited. He probably has he he might have some queens. I guess he doesn't have that many thin value bets here. Um, you know, thinking about it, like he doesn't have that many hands that are like definitely gonna fold. But he also like he only has like three combos that are super valuey that he might take this way. So. I don't know. I mean, I I like it. Yeah, well, I, I do jam. I decide okay. to go for it. Uh, I just think, I kind of like, because when I checked, I was like, oh, this card sucks for me. Like, I probably have to check fold. And then he bet 75, and I was like, wow, that's not a lot. Like, I can probably just get him to fold. And I wasn't even thinking really in the moment. Of, and I did think, like, oh, I have good blockers. I wasn't too much, I wasn't really thinking about, like, all the different combos, which I probably should have, that he could have. But I was basically thinking, like, he should really never have an ace here. And, like, this sizing kind of means he doesn't have pocket kings. And I'm double blocking queen jack, and I'm blocking the flush. So, like, I just think this bluff works so, so often that 
that I can duet. And as I jam, he goes very deep into the tank. Like, he really thinks it over for a couple minutes and eventually dejectedly folds. Um, nice. So we do get Got it through. I, I have to assume that he folded better when he took a while to, to make the fold. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, if he had, like, nines or something weird, I, I can't imagine. Yeah, right, or, like, a ten, right? Like, he's never got, like, jack ten or queen ten. Yeah. Probably, so. Kind of an yeah, interesting hand know. there, one that I was, in the moment especially, I was feeling very proud of. I was like, oh, I'm glad I found that line. I feel like... I feel like, you know, sometimes definitely a problem that I have playing poker is sometimes when I'm kind of sitting there, I can go into autopilot mode, and that's, like, no good when I can really... When if I, like, take a second and think about it, you can kind of find lines that might be exploitative or... or not, at least this wasn't intuitive to me of, like, turning the jacks into a bluff, but once I thought about it, I think for all the reasons you outlined, um, just makes a lot of sense to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's really good, and I, I, one thing that I've heard is, like, the best check raise bluff candidates are hands that have no that have some showdown value, but once your opponent bets, like, are not going to be good. So like, Jax is that. But know? I mean, that's so, a good point because if he actually goes check check, we can probably win some amount of the time. Like if he does show up with like a you know jack ten suited or ten nine suited or pocket nines or something like that, where where we're ahead of some of his check back range, but we're not ahead of any of his betting range. And to your point, if he bet like one fifty snap fold like i'm never Absolutely. gonna never gonna try and make a bluff there and i just beat none of his betting range yeah no um, absolutely i think this is really really well played unusually well played um you know I, I had to highlight this one so i could feel better about uh then then blowing my whole stack to a couple tough hands yeah you never want to blow your whole stack to a tough hand josh well hey i didn't go broke in a limped pot that's good um well I guess that about wraps it up, folks. Thanks so much for joining us for another hour of potentially interesting poker hands played badly by potentially interesting people. Yeah, um, we, we appreciate you uh, you tuning in as always. Don't forget to uh, like, comment, subscribe, press all the buttons to make numbers go up. Uh, yeah, please let us know in the comments uh, how we could have done played the hand better or, you know, how, how this show could be better because... You know, the, our best suggestions come from you, the viewers. So. We didn't even consider putting hand histories on until multiple people practically begged us. Right. So, you know. And also the video thing that came from, from, from Auth. That was his suggestion that we had on the show uh, a few few episodes back. So, anywho, everybody, pleasure as always. We'll see you later. Have a good night.